This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. You can have a great super yacht, shit star, and a bit of shit experience. It doesn't matter how much wow factor there is as they see pulling up on the dock and they're walking down. There's a little bit of rock star. Um, but after the, the private charter, when we, you know, when we follow up with a call on the Monday, Tuesday, you know, how was it? Anything we could do better? They don't talk about the boat. They, they, they talk about the staff. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Human. Today we have David Fisher, one third of the face behind the name Crystal Blue Yacht Charters. Originally from Melbourne, relocating to Byron Bay, David and his wife Amanda finally decided to settle on the Gold Coast. Why wouldn't you? It's God's country. For the fine weather, the waterfront location, and great boating waterways. Being a true lover of all things water, I think we can safely say you'll spot David around the water somewhere during the hot summer days, probably in the cold winter days as well. Speaking of hot summer days, on Australia Day of 2016, Crystal Blue happened to come up for sale. After being invited out for a day on the water with wife Amanda and lifelong friend and business partner Grant, they identified the lack of luxury yachts on the Gold Coast charter market. Taking the previous layout and turning it into something a little more luxurious, together in August 2016, Crystal Blue Yacht Charters was born. Beside partying and sipping champagne on yachts since 2007, David has also been the owner of Mimosa Clothing, located in the heart of Byron Bay. Amanda also happens to be the co-owner of designer for Mimosa, creating custom dainty pieces of jewellery, leather goods, hair accessories and more for the free-spirited at heart. A big welcome to the savvy businessman and awesome human. David, how are you, buddy? Very, very well. Thanks. Was any of that true? Uh, it, yes, <laughs> a, a, about 10% of it. 10%. But anyway. actually, all, all true. All true. E- except for the uh, sipping champagne. Oh, you're not a champagne sipper? Uh, no, I am. Oh. <laughs> sipping, sipping champagne on super yachts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. on the Gold Coast broad water. Yeah, <laughs> normally I'm scrubbing dishes and... Yeah, doing you know, all running, the hard around his, running around as deckhand. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Pouring everyone else's glasses. Mate, the thing I love to do when we do this is to start at the very, very beginning. What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? Ooh, it's a hard uh, one to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, uh, my mum was uh, one of five daughters. Okay. Yeah, my 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 grandfather uh, kept batting up to have to have a grandson. <laughs> And uh, through the town, and num- number five daughter, a <laughs> um, lot of fond memories. Yeah, yeah, of being around that house. Uh, being, How far back do you reckon? Well, you I was, go? I was, mum, my mum was the eldest, so oh, I, okay. I, was, I was the, you know, just to just to put in perspective, yeah. I, I was the first grandchild. And 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 a boy. Okay. So you can imagine how that went down oh, with, with my grandfather. Love that, Absolutely, <laughs> mad fisherman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, probably memories being being dragged off uh, down the Maundy Peninsula for his uh, for his fishing trips. So and, he's got his uh, excuse now. <laughs> wondering, uh, yeah, why I was you know sort of bobbing around the ocean on this boat <laughs> for for three hours at a time. You know, being taught how to catch whiting. So it started early. Very very, very early. <laughs> Where were you born? Uh, so, um, Melbourne, mm-hmm. uh, Sandringham okay. Hospital. Yeah. And uh, parents grew up in uh, Brighton in Melbourne. Okay. And uh, my father, Stan, uh, did an engineering uh, degree, which he never finished, mm-hmm. and went and did something completely similar and opened up his own real estate agency. Close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which he was much better suited to. 
moved down to the Mornington Peninsula, yeah. which uh, at that time was um, yeah, a bit of a, a new frontier and uh, started up his real estate. Real estate agency down there, yeah, and yeah. took the family, and that's that's where I grew up. So, so how young were you when you moved there? You reckon? Uh would have been uh, seven. Okay, so yeah. just sort of just starting school, just going to just starting school. Start. Yeah, yeah. We. Um, uh, do you remember back then? What's that? Do you remember back then? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very fond memories. Mm-hmm. Great place to grow up. Uh, so I went to uh, Peninsula. Yeah, the Mortimer Peninsula. There, uh, we were. Um, uh, a stone's throw from the beach, mm-hmm. Canadian Bay Yacht Club, and as a, a place to to grow up and hang out as a, as a, a child was a was great. We had uh, had a little aluminium tinny with a six horsepower, yeah. um, and uh, friends had Hobie cats, and it was um, it was just a, a, a place you know without permission or mm. telling your parents where you were going. That that's just where you hung out just be at home summertime. The lights, come on, absolutely, <laughs> that's the good old days. Yeah, hey? really, really, really good place to grow up and then um left school and um how were you in school were you a uh, good boy a bad boy a jock or some nerd yeah i was i was sort of seven out of ten on the on the on the scholastic scale okay so yeah. you cruised by but enjoyed really enjoyed school enjoyed uh particularly enjoyed the sport mm-hmm. uh part of it loved how sport um you're an afl not, boy uh yeah uh, yes Carlton supporter. Oh, well, that ends awesome humans for today. No, Keep, that. keeping that very quiet. <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Carlton's better than Collingwood. Oh, absolutely. So that, that's okay. I'm a Swannies man. So okay, I get away with it, so it's quite good. <laughs> all, 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 yeah, all, all day long. I don't think it matters how we we perform as long as we beat Collingwood. That's all anyone cares about, isn't it? That's all. Yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> so you grew up as a uh, as a young AFL playing Collingwood fan, or did you play all sports when you were a kid? Uh, mainly AFL mm-hmm. uh, and tennis. And tennis, okay. Yeah, enjoyed enjoyed tennis. Uh, played in the school first. Uh, no, nothing to brag about in terms yeah. of our, our performance that year. <laughs> but uh, again, we were just yeah, we were just blessed with with facilities down there, and every yeah. everything was in you know riding distance, right to school, right to the yacht club, um, right to the local tennis centre. And uh, so it was very, you know, really a lot, lot of independence yeah. and, and safe, a safe place to grow up. And it's, I suppose being the new frontier and the new sort of part of the world that was being built at the time, it's, uh, everything's brand new. So it's all quite handy. V- very new. Yeah. Yeah, new, new facilities. Um, and there was uh, Grant, uh, my, my Warrington, my partner in the business. Uh, he grew up in Warrington. Oh, okay, uh, you grew up together or...? I uh, went to school together. Okay. Yeah, Grant was a year ahead of me. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mornington Yacht Club, uh, which is where he was sailing out of. Uh, again, another, another good hang. Yeah. Um, so lot, lot, lots lots, to do. So during school, did you know what you wanted to do or be? Were you one of those kids or had no idea and no. just sort of let it take you where it took you? No idea. Yeah. Yeah, no I idea. Many kids do. Yeah. It was a very um, – the it, Mount Eliza at that time was – was an interesting place in that there was a lot of new families moving there, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was it was quite entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, and the um, the friends my parents had were, you know, back then they were all getting married young. You know, I think you know, dad was twenty two. You know, mum mum was twenty. Yeah, um, and most of their their network in a similar boat, and you know. Come, come forty. They were, they were, they were making up for it. 
very social. <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, to come home on a on a, on a Thursday night. Um, it was it was quite regular where you'd you'd see the cars, you know, parked up the road. Oh, nice! And uh, a, a lunch had, you know, ended yeah, up getting back to someone's that. place, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which 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 was yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. There, yeah. was, there was a it was probably one of the first in the in the world actually. There was uh, the the telephone prefix of Malaysia was seven eight seven. Okay. And uh, they started up the the seven eight seven tennis series, and the way it worked was um, anyone that had a, a tennis court um, was able to uh, participate, and they ended up with um, uh, people got graded on their skill level one to five, <laughs> and uh, you ended up with uh, with teams, and they rotated uh, between people's uh, places that had tennis courts. Uh, on a, on a weekend, and awesome. the whole idea was, you know, it was about the the tennis, but um, it was more about what happened after the tennis. The social aspect of it, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember it got it got written up in uh, U.S. Tennis Magazine. Oh, really? As a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a bit of a first in the world. Wow. Yeah, very well organized. Does it still go? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm to not see sure. It continued. Yeah, I think it might have dissipated through through that sort of heyday. Yeah. But um, it sort of gave you a sense of of the the, the community and the yeah. social aspect, and um, there was yeah there was there was there was a lot of um, a lot of people doing doing well that were quite entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. and it was it was just um, uh, a, a good a sort of bit of an aspirational place to to grow up. In. It's awesome. Yeah, great, great community and and sort of. With people that all think alike, it makes a big difference. Very much so. All, all, um, uh, you know, people that were, were running their own businesses. Yeah. And and. and uh, so you, you think know. they rubbed off on you? Look, I think um, I, you know, in terms of wondering what I was going to do, I, you know, sort of grew up in a, um, in an environment that was, uh, as I mentioned, entrepreneurial, but quite sales driven. Yeah. You know. Um, Father Stan, as as a um, in real estate, um, you know memories of of him, you know taking phone calls late at night, yeah. um, talking to people about you know buying and selling property, and, and um, uh, one of my um, you know one of my my best mates, um, you know there were a lot lot of, lot of car dealers yeah. in, in Mount Eliza <laughs> that had, that had done very well, and definitely a lot of that 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 talk that conversation um, about you know, doing deals and and uh, and just hearing people on the phone um, certainly certainly rubbed off. Yeah, it's interesting. My twelve year old son says to me, "Dad, I want to come and run your IT business when I grow up." He has no idea what to do, but at the same time, I think that's the sort of thing that he listens to me talking to the way I talk to people and do stuff and all that. And he's just thinking, "Oh, that seems like it's really exciting." It's one of those things that you sit there and go. Actually, son, yeah, you can do that. No problem. <laughs> Study hard, work hard, and then you'll get there. It's good. Yeah, look, it's it's uh, without without you knowing that the kids in the background they're they're like little chamois. Oh, they all listen. They're, they're definitely they're <laughs> listening. You know, they're listening in conversations around the dinner table. Yeah, and, and I think that um, when you're in, in a household environment that is a little bit entrepreneurial. Yeah. I think def- definitely some of that, you know, it sinks in and what, you know, washes off. Which is a good thing because we, we need more of them. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And, and generally um, those environments are quite positive. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you work long hours. Um, they, they get a really good understanding of, 
a work ethic. You have, you know, months where it's pretty tight, you know, cash flow wise. Yeah, of course. You got, you know, you got months that you're doing well, and and there's, um, you know, but but generally, uh, problem solving. You just, you know, you 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 do what you need to do to to overcome it. Hundred percent. And probably a little. In 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 that environment, you know, in that own your own business environment, you, there's there's a lot less whinging about things that are effective <laughs> <So true. laughs> you and um, things that you you need to do to overcome problems just to get on with it. Yeah, no, and, and I think a, that, that that's a good environment. Definitely, great environment to be brought up in. So you finished school, and then did you go to university? What what was the next step? Year, year of marketing. Yep, um, which which was. Really, more having fun than than. Uh, Which university was that? Uh, Chisholm, Chisholm, uh, Chisholm okay. College at yeah. that stage, um, on the in Frankston, mm-hmm. and uh, Dad grabbed me one day and, and, and said, "Look, you know, what are you doing?" <laughs> he said, don't, <laughs> "You know, you don't 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 anybody there, you know, qualifying for uh, you know for us." Um, and uh, the read he was getting on it was, you know, that um, it, it wasn't interesting me that much. Um, so the, the next step was, was, was quite interesting. We um, deferred for a year, mm-hmm. um, caught up with my best mate, Pete Beamish, okay. uh, who, who um, uh, best man at my wedding and, and still uh, one of my besties. And uh, his, his dad, Graham, had a very successful uh, Toyota dealership. Okay. And uh, we're flicking through the, the newspaper one day and there was a, a job advertised, um, which, which sounded too good to be true. And uh, we said, right, that's us. So Do you we, remember the ad? Uh, I remember it being very uh, general <laughs> in terms of what the position was, but sounding like you know just the the ultimate job. Okay, yeah. When, when it was it was to do with selling something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't know what. Didn't know what. You know, be your own boss. You know, sky's the limit. <laughs> limited, limited, limited positions. You know, unlimited money. All uh, that sort of stuff. All, all of that. You know, and. Um, I remember we um, we 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 bought our uh, a suit each yep. um, from our fathers. I don't think we told them, <laughs> and we we batted up and uh, we went to this interview and they inter- interviewed us separately. And um, the um, the position was it was effectively direct sales, and it was it was door knocking, and it was a product called the Entertainment Passport. Okay, and what it was it was a, it was a list of all uh, Melbourne's best restaurants, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you got this lovely. A gold embossed car that looked like a gold Amex, yeah. and the concept was you just you just flash that any of these restaurants, and you 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 got fifty percent off or a free bottle of wine or um, whatever whatever the offer was on on the day. And uh, the um, uh, the the interview was uh, the the guys that were were, were running it um, was uh, the the gentleman's name was. Um, uh, two, two brothers involved. One was Brad Cooper, and the other one was James Cooper. And they, and these these guys were, uh, they were the ultimate tin men. Oh, really? They were <laughs> very very good at the caper. Yeah. And uh, the interview process was was about selling us on the product, um, but getting us to the stage where you know, we were just ready to just to fly at the door and sell yeah. a million of these. The hype guys. But of course, no guarantee on the job. He said, you know, done a lot of interviews and. Uh, you know, he said, "Look, it's 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 going to be touch and go, but um, I'll call you in the morning." Mm-hmm. 
and we left and, you know, we went home talking to each other going, oh man, you know, this would be the, just such a great job. You know, how do you think we're going to go? You know, how did you rate in the interview? Little did we know that everyone got the job. <laughs> <laughs> everyone got the job. But uh, the phone call, we, we, we went home and we we're in Pete's kitchen. The phone call came through and uh, James said, you know, I've got some, I've got some great news. You know, we've, we've had a meeting about it and uh, we've decided to give you both a go. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, we, we kicked off the next day and, and was dad proud? Uh, yeah. The, well, the dad, the dads were, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, okay. Sounds a bit interesting. Have a crack. Good that you're doing something, you know, <laughs> exactly. good, good that you're doing something. And the following day we were introduced to our area manager mm-hmm. and basically the way it worked, you'd gone to the office at three. Uh, you, you had a, a team meeting with your area manager. Uh, James would come out, um, not unlike the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Gave hype, her a run the the man. F- full pump up. Yeah. And uh, we jump in the car and we go out to a particular suburb, uh, had the Melways uh, on, on the lap, <laughs> and the streets that you, you were going to be door knocking on were divided up, got dropped off on the corner, and you had three hours to, to, to knock that street and got picked up by Aaron Manager about nine o'clock. Nice. And uh, it was uh, 10 months of not not only some of the, the the best fun that I've ever had, yeah. but in terms of a a, a a sales college of learning how to sell, dealing with a rejection, yeah, and really getting an understanding for and a read of you know people's personalities. Um, I don't think there's anything you could do. You can't buy that. That could teach you those your, those skills. Yeah. And I mean, it, to the point even today, you know, I, I still use them. Yep. You know, daily. Definitely. So um, we worked our way up the ranks, myself and Pete, to area manager. Yeah, hey. And we're very competitive yeah. between the two of us. <laughs> and we ended up with our uh, with our own crews. Nice. Yeah, in, in dif- different areas. So and you're making money at this time? Look, it, it was um, the product sold for $75. Mm. We, we, we got a $25 commission. Nice. I think if you, if you sold 15 in a, in, in a week, you know, you, you got a bonus of a hundred. So I think probably, you know, the, the best week, you know, we, we might've hit a thousand. Big yeah. money back then. Yeah, right? it was. It? Yeah. It, it, it really you was. a lot better than your mates at uni. Look, I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing down the couch one day having a chat to Dan and he said, said How, how's it going? And, and, uh, you know, you only talk about your best paycheck. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've pulled in a thousand bucks this week. And, uh, he, he reached across, shook my hand and said, well, Mate, you've, you've earned more than me this week. So good How on you. that? Good and on what you. What are you, about 19, 20 at this stage? Uh, <laughs> just got our license, 18. 18. So after 9 o'clock, yeah. when we, we'd finish, you, you go out with your crew <laughs> and whatever you had made, You've drunk. We'd, we'd blow at the, at whatever the, you know, whatever the happening nightclub was at that time. and, and um, Which the Cooper brothers probably owned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> well, that was ver- very much, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, go and buy a nice car, you know, yeah. buy the best champagne. <laughs> they wanted they wanted you rocking up, you know, the next morning, of course they you did. know, with no money in your wallet, you know, hungry to get out there and, you know, knock, and knock on the doors. But as you say, you can't buy that education. Like, there's no way in the world that you could learn that at a university or at a school or anything like that. It's just sort of literally someone saying no, slamming the door in your face, doing all that sort of stuff. Is the only way you learn. Face to face, 
the goal was, to, you know, in terms of the, you know, the presentation, and, and, and I still remember the spiel. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to run through it today. We don't have time. But it was, you know, you, you had about thirty seconds yeah. to to break the ice, and um, and what you wanted to do is to get invited inside yeah. to, to be able to do the full presentation. And uh, once you're you're in, a, you're in, in you're so, done. Yeah, pretty yeah. much because you're not going to leave till they give you a check. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you offered you know dinners so, and. <laughs> so why did you quit that job? Well, it was it was um, it was ten months was uh, was enough. Yeah, and uh, in terms of where we were going in the business, uh, yeah, it with, with direct sales like that, it's very full on. Yeah, and it's got it's got a lifespan. Um, so where we go next after the direct sales? Uh, the next, the next step was was something um, far more highly regarded on on the um, on the career spectrum. Yeah, uh, straight to selling cars. Really? So Peter got the calling from his uh, <laughs> from his, from his, his father, yep. and uh, I decided it'd be a good idea to get a job with a dealership <laughs> across the road. Okay. So he was at Toyota. So you compete against each other? Absolutely. Again? <laughs> I was I, uh, I was with uh, uh, Noel Gould. Um, had a dealership, uh, holding dealership across the road. Okay. So and, you were holding. He was Toyota, and we were just head head to head again. <laughs> so we met at the pub every day, you know, with our scorecard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And uh, we'd we'd talk about you know the, uh, the 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 people that we stole off each other and <laughs> and uh, and again you know another um, a, a great a great uh, college of you know learning yeah learning and, and selling and personalities and and, uh, and how long did you last as a car salesman? So I was there for uh, twelve months. Wow! And then That's uh, good. had uh, yeah, and just just itchy feet and had a calling to go and do, do something on my own. Okay. Uh, and so the yeah, entrepreneur spirit bit kick, Kicked in. And uh, at that stage, uh, yeah, my father had uh, sold his real estate agency, was, was, was working for um, a national retailer who mm-hmm. was expanding and they wanted him to travel around Australia opening up stores everywhere. And he okay. came in one day and he said, look, he said, yeah, he said I've come across something that could, could be a bit interesting. He said, it's on the Gold Coast. Uh, You're still in Melbourne at this stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. he said uh, it, it's um, Scarborough Fair uh, Shopping Centre, which was the old Australia Fair. Yep. And he said it's a juice bar, smack bang in the middle of the, the shopping centre. He said it's actually a, it's a fiberglass half orange, mm-hmm. and uh, it's run by a guy Changa Langlands, the the old Changa. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the old ex um, rugby league legend. And he said, I think Chang has uh, had his day in the half orange, uh, squeezing juice, <laughs> want, wants to get out, and great location, plenty of upside. I think you should go and have a look. And uh, when that came. So, how old are you this days? Will you be 20 now? Uh, yeah, ni- 19. 19 yeah. yeah, 19. Um, early 20s, and mm. uh, flew up, had a look, uh, had had plenty of holidays on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Thought, geez, how good would this be? Living here, living living yeah. the dream on the Gold Coast. So uh, did did a deal with Changa, yeah, yeah, and um, ended up uh, bought his orange, bought his orange. Wow, there the, you go. Yeah, I reckon you're one of the only people ever to buy an orange off Changa Langlands. A half orange, <laughs> a half yeah. orange. Yeah, apparently the 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 other, he had the other half in storage somewhere. <laughs> I, I never got to, never, got, never to got to see, see never got to see that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, it was a, it was a half orange with this um, 
this this mechanical juice machine yeah. that picked up the orange and split it in half and gave it a squeeze. So you're a, you're a single bloke at this time? Single, yeah, running single. Uh, took out a loan, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, uh, parents went guarantor. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think the, we, we negotiated a price of about twenty k. Yeah. I was meant to be like it was meant to be a month handover yeah. with, with Chang over, and it ended up being three hours. <laughs> Rocked up one day and said, "Right, this is how the juice machine works. This this is where you get the uh, the oranges from. Don't pay any more than this." And uh, he said, you know, "He said the key, David, is for every five liters, you you just sneak a little one liter of water in, just to, <laughs> just to just to boost up the margins." Yeah. Happy days. You're off and running. Yeah, here's my number if you need any help. <laughs> and that was it. That was the hand. That over. was it. Nice. Yeah. And how how'd the juice business go? So it was it was uh yeah, moved up here eighty eight to eighty nine mm-hmm. and just three great years. Oh really? Yeah, great. I mean just yeah, early early twenties in the Gold Coast. Um when the, the Gold Coast and surface was still very local. Yeah. Really local. You know, you go, go to any of the, the clubs on your own and you, you knew everyone. Yeah. I've been rowing surf boats in Melbourne at Point Leo and my coach actually moved up to the Gold Coast at the same time. Oh, really? When I arrived, he picked me up from the airport. So, right, straight to training. So, met a lot of... Let Which a, club did you join? Surface Paradise. Okay, yep. Yeah. So, instantly met a lot of great blokes yeah. up here. Had had a place, you know, as, as a bit of a reference um, to have a beer on a Friday. And uh, yeah, we we added a bit of value to the the business. We 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 got rid of the half orange. Uh-huh. Yeah, did a little bit of a shop fit. At the time, there were these um, these uh, crate mach- crate machines mm-hmm. where they made the, the crepes in front of you. Oh yeah, yeah. It was all there was there was quite a bit of theatre involved. Yeah, and, and we we sort of realised that we needed a bit of food to as a bit of an add on for the for the juice. And uh, changed the name to, to just crepes and juices, and uh, that that um, that that became the business. And it was look, it it it, it financed uh, a lifestyle, a lifestyle of a young twenty-year-old bloke. The, exactly, the, nice. there wasn't a lot of money in the in the bank, but um, yeah, it it uh, gave me the cash flow to have a little bit little bit of fun and pay the rent. And what makes the decision then of going? Actually, I'm, I've had enough of crepe and juice. And uh, do you sell it then? Yeah, so it was th- three years. It's good, good stint. Yeah, found um, uh, in in between um, the 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 crate machines, um, the the person that we bought it off was looking for someone to take on the agency, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was one of those staple items that, that started to to appear in every food court. Yeah, yeah. you had your potato guy, you had your you know your <laughs> your, your curry guy your asian guy and there was the crepe guy yeah and um negotiated um to take on that agency and that actually actually did better out of that than the than the actual uh crepe and juice bar oh wow yeah 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 they're about uh, you know they sold for about 10 grand and, mm-hmm. and there was a there was a whopping commission in it um and part of the deal was that i'd go on install it and, and do the training and, and uh that that was a was a good spin off actually. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so three years. Um, yeah, again, it, itchy feet, trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you miss Melbourne at all? Uh, not a lot. So you'd moved then. You'd now sort of found your roots. You think? Yeah. Look, I was 
not a lot of travel back to Melbourne, but it was a lot of people coming and staying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And become the holiday for everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> always some always some in the spare bedroom. Yeah. I think the rule was any anyone could stay, you know, they just had to knock on the door with a carton of beer. Yeah, very cool. Yep. And they were allowed in. And uh sold that. Um moved uh moved back to Melbourne mm-hmm. and um really take that much time off. But uh <laughs> again another opportunity came up where uh there there was um one of the uh, the companies um, my father was working again, helping them um, roll out um, leases and stores. Yep. Um, was this this company that was bringing in? Uh, it, it was it was it was all of the the reject two dollar shop stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was just starting to get some traction, mm-hmm. a, and um, there a really a really good shop site came available uh, back in Frankston, mm-hmm. which was home, um, and. Uh, yeah, came up with this concept of uh, it was called the back of the truck, and it was selling selling all this stuff, uh, and uh, and that was the that was the new venture. Okay, back of the truck, back of the truck, and it was um, it was you know just shit that people didn't need <laughs> that they bought two of <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a good price. <laughs> exactly, it's only two bucks. I need two of them. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think super super glue at super glue at ninety nine cents was 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 one of the best selling lines. We had um, it was amazing. We 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 had the um, the other one was uh, electronic uh, back massager. Oh, nice! That mm-hmm. that clearly w- was was uh, for another purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. more like a vibrator. Yeah, and. and uh, that that was a very hot item. Yeah, of course. Until we were asked to remove it by council <laughs> from the shelves, contravening some some bylaw. Oh, there you go. I said, what? I, it's I don't a, it's understand. A I don't understand what you're talking about. It's a, it's a back massager. Sort of tell me what the problem is here. <laughs> it was on fifteen ninety nine. I think they we bought those for about two dollars fifty. Oh, good, I love it. Good, good margin. That one. Good margin. That one. Um, so how long did the back of the truck open? Stay so open. opened. Uh, so we had Frankston opened up another one in in Bendigo. Yeah. Don't when ask you, me. When you say we, is it you and? Oh, uh, was it? Well, I say you and your dad. Well, I say just just myself. Just on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Bendigo. I, I I don't know why. <laughs> Bendigo. Something uh, just a uh, Bendigo Mall apparently was was very tightly held, mm. impossible to get into, and and a, a store became available there. So you've got to get in there then. Got to get in there. <laughs> and, and Everyone was, needs super clue. Well, it was, a, it was an hour and a half drive to, to the store. And uh, so I remember someone someone telling me, saying, oh, you know, Bendigo, I think that's a wise move because if if you don't make money there, it drives going to become very long. Fair call. And it, it did become, yeah, yeah wasn't wasn't a winner, Bendigo. Um, but um, we we decided to push sales along. By by adding a spruiking element, okay, to the store, yeah, uh, which drove our our, our neighbouring retailers completely. I'm sure, it did crazy, completely crazy, because when uh, I, I I decided that rather than uh, constantly spruiking live, it was just easier to record yourself. <laughs> I played over and over and over again. Just have the tape on rewind. Oh, I love it. Can you change that bloody? <laughs> How to win friends and influence people, eh? 
<laughs> They're very happy to see me go. Yeah, I'm sure they were. <laughs> very happy. And now there's a picture of you bending them all. Don't let this bloke in. Well, I, th- I thought if I, if I decided to give their business a bit of a plug along the way as well. <laughs> to sell them some marketing? I think one of the owners came up one day and said, look, mate, can you just, yeah, I don't need a plug. Okay. <laughs> Stop mentioning my watches and that I've got a sale on. <laughs> you know, be quick, stock selling out. Nah, just, just, just stick to your own lines. Then. Fair call, fair call. So, so how long did we last in the uh, back of the truck? Uh, about three years. Okay. Yeah. No, There's a pattern. The, the, <laughs> the three-year pattern. Three-year rich. Yeah, yeah, fair call. Three-year rich. And, uh, I, yeah, and, and – uh, I at that stage I, I, I met a girl, mm-hmm. pretty keen on. Yeah, Amanda. Did you meet her in your store? Was she buying super glue? I actually bought. She was she was in the fashion industry. Okay. And uh, this stage we're only friends. Yeah. But I was pretty keen, and she kept she kept approaching me with all this end of season stuff that was never going to work. In the store, but I kept buying it <laughs> at highly inflated prices, yeah. um, and uh, bought way too much, you know, just to just to impress her that I could that you could. I'll take all of that. Yeah. I'll take all of that, you know. <laughs> um, and anyway, uh, that that progressed to being friends to to, to hooking up. Yep. And how old are we now? We're twenty five. Okay. Starting to think we might want to settle down a little bit, maybe. Not sure about settling down. Not sure about settling. <laughs> or maybe down. enjoying life with someone else as well. Yeah, yeah. time, time um, uh, to be uh, happy to settle settle down in a relationship. Yep, as long as a fun fun relationship. Yeah, nothing nothing too serious. So she was um, she was kicking some goals with with her business. Okay, she was um, ex sports girl spree and. Went out on her own, um, putting a range together, and had started her own uh, fashion business. And um, someone that thought she was doing a pretty good job had come in with some money and said, "Look, you know, why don't you um, start uh, manufacturing offshore, mm-hmm. which I had experience in, and we're happy to uh, help with some some funding." And that was going really well, nice. really well. And yeah, long story short. Um, it looked like we, we were getting on pretty well. We'd moved in together. Yeah. And she was looking for some help on the, the sales and marketing side and said, why don't you come on board? She listened to your spruiking tape, didn't she, really? That's what got her. Well, that was, I think she, I said to her one day, you know, can you come and help me in the store, but this is what you've got to do. And she said, nah, nah, nah no, 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 no chance. Not going to happen. I'll help you behind the counter, but I'm not, I'm not spruiking. Fair call. Yeah. I've seen the way that... Um, <laughs> Your neighbours in the stores are looking How at look at you. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that ended up being, uh, yeah, next very much long long term gig. Oh, excellent. Yeah, for for pretty much the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Endless Spirit Clothing uh, Company, which based out of Melbourne, based out of Melbourne, mm-hmm. Collingwood, and uh, all wholesale. Um, we ended up with uh, three uh, youth uh, women's labels. Okay. End up becoming a, a, a big business, hundred staff, nice. uh, dealing with all the all the majors, um, and one of the, the labels that we did, which be- became uh, 
the the most successful label was a, a denim label called Grab okay. Denim. Yep. Uh, which we we changed the business to to, to Grab Industries and dealing with the, the general pants and the Myers and the DJs. Excellent. And um, uh, yeah, but very um, successful, but really re- rewarding. Uh, re- rewarding. So you business. worked together in this business for the for the twenty years. Very much so. Excellent. Yeah, we had another partner involved, um, and effectively, I was sales and marketing. Uh, Amanda was head of design, and our other partner, uh, Grant Moffat, was uh, finance and admin. Okay, and so it was a good trio. We were in different parts of the building. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was it was of course um, with with Amanda designing. If, if if a design didn't sell, it was always the the sales department's fault. Of course, yeah. Yeah, there was no, there's no, never such thing as a shit design. <laughs> of course not. Never. And the thing is, obviously, are you getting? Have you got married during this time, or are you still? Yep. Just... So in between that time, uh, married. Mm-hmm. Kids or anything? Uh, kids had a yeah, married ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, first first child uh, in uh, two thousand mm-hmm. and one. Yep. And um, we uh, yeah with with. Our, and the second child, two thousand four, which at which time Amanda was doing a lot of travel, um, uh, particularly to China, where yeah. our manufacturing base was. And we went, why don't we uh, move to the factory? Um, you don't have to travel as much, so moved to Hong Kong um, in in two thousand five. Okay, there for four years. Um, in between, uh, like Hong Kong. Ah, oh, amazing. And my brother lived there for ten years. Actually, my cousin's still there. They live in a little village called Sheko Village. Which is a um, little beach village just down past um, Stanley Markets and that sort of stuff. So yeah, beautiful part of the world. Great, great out of the hustle and bustle. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just it's like a, you can live there actually. Top thing, yeah, it was good back in the day. But uh, yeah, again, but, how'd you go bringing kids up there though? Yeah, look, it was we we enjoyed it because it was uh, very. It's one of those cities that really is truly twenty four seven. Yeah. You, know, you can you can arrive there on a Monday night, and, and a Monday night can be can be a Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. Very um, very fast paced. Everyone's there for a reason. You know, you're either buying or selling. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you go out, you know, it's it's almost um, like speed dating. Yeah, yeah. You know, who are you? What do you do? Give us your business card. <laughs> you know, what what are you here for? And uh, which which made it a great way to meet people very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, bring kids up. Yeah, look. Weekends, bit of a challenge. Yeah, you know, it's the standard expat thing where you you uh, you became a member of a club, um, which had uh, normally had you know swimming pool and 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 facilities yep. where you could hang out on the weekend. Um, beaches, you know, you'd you'd uh, we used to go down a big wave bay, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd just have to psych yourself up that wasn't going to be like beaches in Australia. <laughs> it's a little bit different. <laughs> a few foreign things floating by, that, yeah. you know. Close your eyes, kids. <laughs> yeah. But that was sort of at that age where, you know, just, just hanging out at a swimming pool, you know, was was enough. Yeah. Um, we, we had a, we had a, a, a live-in, which everyone did, which mm-hmm. was, which was great in terms of, um, you know, having the, the freedom to, to go out quite a bit. Um, uh, but yeah, f- we were there for four years, def- definitely long enough. Yeah. yeah, we really enjoyed coming back at Christmas time, and, and it was a it was a good stint. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think I would I'd, I'd want to be there for longer than that. No, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you come back to Frankston? 
uh, came came back at, the, at that stage. Um, we we had had sold um, reason we come back. We'd sold one of the the brands to Meyer. Okay, and we we didn't need to come back to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for the opposite of Hong Kong. Um, Amanda's sister had been living in Byron Bay. Complete had a opposite holidays. of Hong Kong. <laughs> and yeah, we 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 moved back. We moved to Byron to to give that a bit of a, a run. Um, Put the kids through uh, junior school there. We were there for five years mm-hmm. uh, with a plan that after five years we'd, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd move and ended up um, on, the, on the Goldie. On the Gold Coast? Yeah, sort of three and a half, four years ago. Wow. Mm. And so when did you sell the, the entire business? Like when did you make the decision to um, – from the, the – you obviously sold a bit to Maya. What about the rest of it? Yeah, so look, we it was um, – Towards the end there uh, of the business, we yeah look we made a, a couple of mistakes okay. uh, along the way. Um, As you do, one of them was um, moving to Hong Kong left left a little bit of a, a management um, vacuum. Back here, yeah, we were very hands on, and we put in place a, a general manager, which was um, we, we we thought would be a, a good idea and would allow us to not be so much involved in the day-to-day and maybe even, you know, step back a little bit yep. from the business. And it was, yeah, to- total disaster. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, really look good management skills, um, uh, great with, uh, with, with people and organisational, but the, the part that he was missing, which was um, such an important part in the business, was the, the, the actual... Um, design um, of um, fashion, the, the, okay. the creative side, mm-hmm. and that's you know the, 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 the key to the business. Was, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And, that, and that's that was that was something that uh, the business has been successful, you know, because of Amanda's skill in that area, and and her, um, her her eye for for what the latest trend was, and what the customer wanted, and what was what was going to sell, and getting it made at the right price. And uh, it, the, the problem with fashion is because you're working six months out, when you start yeah. to make mistakes today. You don't see it for six months? Correct. Yeah. And then to turn it around, it's another six months. Yeah, fair cool. So it, it, we ended up, um, uh, it, it ended up that the performance of the business definitely dropped. Um, we, we, we sold one of the labels uh, to Meyer. We went back to, I actually went back to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the GM moved on um, to look at um, what we we're going to do with the other labels and um, it, it, we, we just made a decision that uh, we would have to sort of take the money um, from my run and, and uh, the other labels. Uh, we just we just wound up and moved on. Hey, cool. You could do that sometimes in business. Yeah. So it 20 was, years is a good run. It was it was a good run. Well, there's a lot of businesses don't last one. <laughs> and, and your three-year itch went away, so you've got to be happy with that. Three year itch went away, um, and it was it was a really um, it, 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 that that period was a was a great experience in terms of building a really good um, culture. Yeah, in terms of a place to work, I think we had five staff you know, that were with us for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty makes you feel good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, and they're, they're still really really good friends today. 
Um, we we installed a gym. You yeah. know, we we our Christmas parties were, were, were legendary. <laughs> but it was also it was it was also a good learning curve in that you really um, with with a lot of you know uh, businesses, owner operated businesses, um, you you do well in the business because of the skills that you have and your understanding of the business and the attention to detail yes. or those things that you bring to the business that make them great because of you. Very hard to duplicate that with um, other people coming involved as managers. Unbelievably hard because the thing is you, you have a passion for this. They get paid a salary for this. That's why I always put it with these guys. Like I'll bring in a manager to do a piece of work and the hardest thing is to delegate to them because you're sort of giving up a little bit. But at the same time, is they're never going to have the same passion that you have. And it's a, there's a real fine line between um, giving them the manager the the authority to ma- to manage, yeah. and ha- hanging back, yeah. and and not micromanaging him. But also, when you can see that there's clearly you know some. Um, mistakes or things that are being done which you know are affecting the business you, you still you, you need the confidence um and the ability to, to come in and to jump back in and, cor- and correct correct them and, yeah. the, and that can be I, I found that quite quite difficult mm-hmm. the 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 gm we had he, he really he was he was looking at he was quite he was a young guy and he was looking at this being um a, a bit of a um a statement in his career mm-hmm. so he was very keen to, to have control and manage. And I think the, the problem was, and I remember having these conversations with Amanda and she could, she was looking at the product that was coming out and she's going, you know what, this it's, it's not on trend. Um, we're, we're, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have problems selling this and didn't get involved early enough to pull the handbrake yeah. on and say, Hey, listen, yeah, you know what, we're, 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 this isn't, this isn't uh, going well. It's a good lesson learned though. And it's probably a good lesson that people can learn from this is the fact that if you get that gut feeling that something's not right, jump in and have a look. <laughs> like jump in. It's still your company. You still own it. Like take control. That's what you that, – that, that's absolutely – it's – you're the one with the equity yes. that you've built up. You're, you're the one that's guaranteeing yep. loans, leases, and I think that if it – my my lesson is if it gets to the stage where where you've had enough, then maybe it's it's time to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A, as as opposed to hang on, uh, c- correct. Yeah, yeah. Because hang on for other people. You'll think of you and your family first. That's why I, yeah. I think people need to look at it. So that brings us forward to today. Well, I met you previously um, when I had the pleasure of coming on your boat, and I'm not going to actually call it a boat because that's that's insulting. On your uh, nightclub, your your yacht club, the world's first super yacht entertainment venue. It's unbelievable. Seriously, how the hell did that happen? Were you sitting back in bed one day and think, "Well, actually, I'm going to create an entertainment venue that floats that I can drive around"? Is that the way that happened, or what happened there? A little bit like that. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) A little bit like that. Moved up to the Goldie. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, out of, out of the rag trade, uh, Amanda had started another label, very small cottage, mm-hmm. mimosa clothing store in Byron, but, yep. but it was very, very, um, 
very cottage and I, I was sort of helping out but looking for something else to do. Caught up with uh, my mate Grant Warrington who had moved up here from uh, Mornington as well. Yep. And, yeah, both sort of looking for something to do and Grant had had a lot of uh, big boat experience. Uh, he had the, the, the Maxi Yacht uh, Wild Thing. Okay. 26 um, seater Hobarts, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he'd been quite hands-on with, with building those those big boats. And, yeah, there was there was a uh, Crystal Blue was, was for sale, mm-hmm. as you mentioned in the bio. And, yeah, there was just on the Gold Coast, amazing cruising grounds. But the, the, the luxury offer was – it was pretty – Pretty sad. Yeah, very much so. Really sad. Where you look at Sydney, you know, super yacht, you know, galore. Yeah. And we uh, were approached by a, a um, an inbound tour agent that was doing a lot in the Asian uh, market mm-hmm. who had said, look, you know what, they, they all want to go out and, and, and do a one-hour cruise, you know, to experience the Gold Coast. And if you had the right boat, um, he said, I could, I could push a lot of, lot of business your way. Because one of the challenges with, with private charter is, you know, everyone wants to do a, a charter on the weekend. Yeah. What do you do Monday to Thursday? And, and this, uh, uh, this, this uh, Asian uh, tour product was going to fill in some of the gaps. Nice. And, um, that, yeah, we thought we'd, we'd, we'd have a crack at it. So we, we, we bought the boat, uh, got it back into, into commercial survey, which is in, in the land of boating, commercial survey allows you to take, uh, paying customers on board. Okay. So was the boat already built? Boat was built. Okay. Yep. And what was it being used for? Uh, so the boat boat was built in, in uh, WA. Yep. Uh, 2006. And the owner uh, built it to commercial survey. Okay. Very difficult getting boats to that commercial survey standard. Okay. Where you can take paying customers. Yep. Uh, safety. Um, there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And... Uh, to have the boat built to those survey standards was a huge plus. Mm-hmm. And the owner was uh, from New Zealand, took it back to New Zealand, didn't do a lot with it, sat there, uh, wanted to sell it, thought he'd have a better chance in Australia, mm-hmm. brought it back to the Gold Coast, and he, he was it had been for sale for a couple of years. He, he, he was struggling a bit. Yeah. And um, we, uh, yeah, put an offer and... Nice. And I think he happened. was like most boat owners. I think he got to the stage where he, he just he wanted to go away. <laughs> Happiest day of your life, uh, owning a boat is the day you sell it. Yeah. So they cool. say. <laughs> Unless it's a uh, entertainment vessel that uh, is the state of yours. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, those those ones are a bit 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 more fun. <laughs> so that's how Crystal Blue Yacht Charter started. Yeah. And we we started uh, luxury uh, charters. Um, and for, for any type of occasion, birthdays, you know, weddings, yep. um, we, uh, we, we, we branded it quite heavily um, on, on social media mm-hmm. as, the, as the, the boat to go to yep. for, your, for your next uh, luxury, you know, super yacht event. And uh, didn't really take any market share away from people. Um, probably more we, we created the market. Okay. You know, was, there was a lot of, you know, people only knew what they knew about yeah. About doing um, uh, cruises on the on the broad water, and uh, we we yeah we we built up where it was steady and and busy mm-hmm. b- between what we're doing with the Asian market and 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 the private charters. Boat was out pretty much every day, which is a good thing. Which, which is which is great <laughs> for boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it certainly you, you, 
it doesn't earn any money sitting sitting at the dock. Mm-hmm. And like like cars, you know, the more boats are being run, um, generally the the less things go wrong. Yep. And out of that, we just started, you know, getting a lot of inquiries from uh, corporate groups, particularly up here on conference. You know, that they they have their conference in the hotel and they have a, a hotel dinner, and then as a part of their three day conference, they do something off site. Okay. And that off-site dinner is usually a, a bit of a hero dinner, somewhere yeah. different. It's, it's meant to be a, a bit exciting. And yeah, just getting a lot of calls saying, you know, you have any, any boats that could hold a capacity of, you know, 200, you know, 300, 400 people, which there wasn't. And, uh, you know, every now and then we'd, we'd bring in other boats and have them, you know, we, we did a thing for American Express where we sort of spread them over, you know, three different boats, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which wasn't perfect. And um, there, was, there was clearly de- demand for that. And, and uh, the, the appeal of doing something on the water was, um, was interesting to them because it, it was different. Yes. Uh, McLaren's Landing on, on the Gold Coast, yep. uh, you know, was, was another option. Um, but, you know, they, they were having some of their own, own problems in terms of, the customer experience they they were delivering that was mm-hmm. a little bit on the nose, yeah, and was also looking at what was happening in Sydney, you know. So they had the the island in Sydney, which was it, it actually wasn't a boat; it was a pontoon, okay, for two hundred fifty people. Yep, but they were attracting the cool crowd, and on the weekend you bought a ticket, and the boat would take you out there, and it was it was a like concert type thing or a more beach club, okay, kick yep. back, relaxed uh, DJ on board and then there was an, another uh, vessel that was um, licensed up to 430 people called Sea Deck and that was uh, a boat that we used as as a, a really important reference where it was an old converted tug, uh, fantastic fit out and again you could... How many sh- people can you fit on an old converted tug? With this one, 430. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so big venue. Big venue, forty-five meters long. Nice. I think the thing weighs it's it's old steel. Yeah. Chugger, four hundred ton or something like that. And again, they they had created this uh, uh, beach club, you know, bar entertainment venue on the water that cruised. They did on the weekend. Uh, they ran ticketed events. Mm-hmm. You buy a ticket, go along, good DJ, four hours. And they're also catering for corporate and private charters, and they they were they were busy, they were busy, really busy, 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 which is good, which is good. In the off season in Sydney, they went. Well, why don't we take it to Brisbane? And they came up to Brisbane for two seasons, and we, we'd been out on it and went, wow. This How do is... they get it up here? Drive it? Yeah, just drive it. Okay. Yep, straight up, up, up the, the coast. coast. Nice. Yep. It'd be an interesting journey. It was a bit of. Yeah, I mean, the thing would. would <laughs> You know, very seaworthy. Yeah, it was, it was going to smash into any <laughs> any any headwinds and waves, and it, it it was it was very very cool. We went on it twice, and I I spoke to Grant, and we we agreed. You know, in terms of what what the next step was, yeah, um, the Gold Coast and Brisbane needs something like this full time. So we went rightio. Let's uh, go and see our naval architect. And we, we sat down with uh, Pete Hogben from uh, uh, Aurora uh, Naval Architects and said, Pete, we want to build a boat that is going to be 
license for 400 people. Why 400? Why, why that number? We just thought 400 was a number that was going to be the sweet spot in, mm-hmm. in terms of um, the number of, of, of people that, that generally were um, in these corporate groups. Yeah, okay. And, and so we're still aimed at that corporate group market. That's the, the aim of this. Corporate group market, but also looking at the, the model of the, the ticketed events. Okay. Where you could buy a ticket, come along. And with, with boats, uh, the more people you have, the risk profile increases. Okay. And more things you need to, to do. And, you know, I, I think over, over you know, 500 people potentially need to start looking at uh, different life rafts. Oh, and, and yeah. there's, there's just a lot more hoops to jump through. Um, and we sort of wanted the flexibility too, where if there's only a group of 100, they were going to feel just as comfortable on it as four as four hundred. Yep, very cool. So, and uh, we we came up with the design, and uh, we the, the beauty of uh, designing and building something from scratch is um, as a, as opposed to um, converting an existing boat. Yep. is that we could start with a with a blank canvas. So we wanted um, we wanted lots of open space. We wanted the stage. To be the focus, mm-hmm. we wanted the ability, uh, you know, wherever you were on the boat, uh, everyone had a view of the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, we we wanted it uh, to be two levels. Um, we we wanted to have our own commercial kitchen on board. Uh, we wanted to have a cool room where we could have um, tap beer, yep, running whatever the latest offer was. So there's a list of things that we you know we thought would be great for an, an any any entertainment venue yeah yeah for sure but particularly one floating mm-hmm. and came up with a with a, with a design um, that was that was going to you know tick all those boxes and off we went to start that's building an exciting it. thing to do though sit there and you can actually build whatever you want that, that's like I want this I want that like make that happen that's pretty cool it's uh it, it's, it, yeah, look. <laughs> that's whoa, the other word, man. That's a whole. That was the stress on a whole other level. When we we it, we, we it, yeah, this is where Grant Grant's um, a little bit like myself. Um, he's he's very positive. Yeah. Um, and when you've got two people like that, um, we just went radio. Well, let's just start doing this. And let's get it designed and the conversations about whether we could actually build it, um, how we we're going to fund it, um, you know, <laughs> where, where were we going to park it, yeah. you know, all those, all those things. Um, we'll talk about that later. Mm. You know, we'll talk about that later. Let's just, let's just get this thing, let's just, let's just get this thing happening. Happen. So where we went in terms of the initial design to where we took it, it, it became a, a much bigger, bigger project. and. It was. Uh, it went from being really exciting mm-hmm. to starting it to being um, very challenging, extremely challenging in in terms of what was required to build it, and um, in terms of what we initially had designed and how much it was going to cost to to where we ended up. It, it was you know sort of triple in in terms of. And were you expecting that though? Oh, look, every, everyone says that in boats, but I, I think what what we did is 
with some of the initial designs we started showing people and a bit of the reaction was, oh, you know, it's another one of those, one of those party boats. Yeah, okay. And, you know, Grant and I, I said, you know what, I, I don't want this thing uh, described as a party boat. You know, this, we, we, we want to we build something on, on another level that really is, uh, it, it, it's a super yacht first in terms of how it presents and the styling. And we went, okay, well, let's, let's, um, let, let's go back and, and look at the design and, uh, you know, we agreed to put on the second level and the VIP room in the centre hull. And did um, how much influence did Amanda have on the design? Obviously, being a designer. Yeah, look, I think the um, in in terms of the finishes and the styling mm-hmm. and soft furnishings and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah but heavily involved. Um, as as uh, was Grant's um, Grant's wife Kylie. Yeah. You know, the girls definitely got involved in that area. Um, we hooked up with a, a fantastic interior designer, Alexa Nace, uh, who joined the team um, and the, the girls um, supported supported her. And uh, it was great that they were working on that. Um, Grant was a uh, project manager, um, was working on, on the build. Yeah. He, he effectively was, you know, f- just committed a year of his life, um, pretty much, you know, six days a week yep. was on site. And I was um, focusing on, yeah, just making sure we we had the money to finish the project and and pre marketing, you know, and sales. So we and how are and how are the stress levels during this time? Because obviously you've built a big multinational business in the past. You've built um, something where you've then gone and lived overseas and you've done all that stuff. You come back here for the quiet life, <laughs> and then you go into a project that's this big. How's the stress levels at home? Tough. I think it gets back to make sure you've got the um, who, who you're doing it with, yeah. and and the skill set mm-hmm. know, within within the partnership. Um, if I was doing it on my own and was involved in the project management, the build, and the other things I was responsible for, yeah, they're very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, do you think it would have got done if you were doing it on your no. own? No. No? no, I wouldn't have taken it on my own. Okay. Yeah. Um, I probably, you know, if, if it was something I was going to do on my own, I probably would have been better off buying something. And then converting yeah. it and doing whatever, yeah. Yeah. But having having uh, Grant and, and his skills um, to project manage it um, made it a lot less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's where – um, when you've got uh, people with different skill sets in in different areas, um, who are, who are competent in those areas, um, you, you can take take away the stress. We had uh, we had no doubt. Um, you know, we'd d- done enough market research yeah. and spoken enough people that it was it was going to it was going to work. As as to whether it was going to be an absolute you know home run mm-hmm. um, in in terms of uh, you know financially uh, its performance. Or whether it was going to go okay, but we're all very confident it was yeah. it was going to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone just thought it was a great idea. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was funny. We went from the there's definitely the excitement of we're going to do it and we and we've got a design to rolling the sleeves up and doing the actual work. Yeah, and the 
the, the construction of it, again, even for Grant, it was a much bigger project than he'd anticipated. Okay. And, you know, it was, it was just completely head down, you know, for, for, for 12 months. And um, so the, that, that excitement dissipated. <laughs> when the hard work C- Correct. Yeah, yeah. And then the, you know, the launch, um, you know, even with the launch, the launch was actually probably the, the most stressful part mm-hmm. where we'd, we'd gone a little bit over time. Um, the first event that we did was with, with CFM and it was, it was a private charter for them and they had Peking Duck uh, playing on it. Yep. 380 people. And it was like just an amazing an event um, to start off with. Mm-hmm. When we took that booking, we thought that we would have been operating for about six weeks. So you'd be before all... we got to that. <laughs> yeah. The day before the event, uh, we hadn't done a charter. Uh, I didn't have a legal license. I didn't have any insurance, and we didn't have our survey certificate. Say so, before. Day before. All came together. Big day. But <laughs> this gives you a little bit of an insight into, into yeah, how, yeah. how the, the stress levels were going. Definitely. And I remember having a meeting with, um, with Grant and, and our surveyor and, uh, yeah, everyone was – I don't think I've ever seen him so spent. Really? Uh, he, he was – yeah, he, he was wrecked. And, and then the next day – the next day, two o'clock, we had three hundred and eighty people come on. We we had uh, we had Peking Duck uh, arrive by Crystal Blue, nice, and we had guys on jet skis with fireworks, <laughs> and everyone. It, it just all came together. Beautiful. It all came together, and it was all it, the stress went away. All the stress went away. <laughs> it was. It really was. It was truly amazing. And I and. Um, I was so, you know, as people coming on board and you could see them using the space and it was, it was fantastic. And then just as I'm starting to, you know, just get a little bit ready to actually enjoy it and yeah. feel the stress levels leaving a little bit, bar managers come up and said, Dave, major problem, um, ice machine shut itself, we've got no more ice. I said, right, <laughs> that's a big problem. <laughs> so I ended up, um, we got our, the, one of our little boats, the tender came out. Yeah. And I jumped in that and uh, yeah, spent the rest of the night doing ice runs <laughs> between Fisherman's and Wharf no and the boat. And no one knew nothing. No one knew nothing. And I, I just remember, I think, did my third ice run and I remember Peking Duck had, had just come on the stage and I, I, just, I just pulled off, um, you know, a couple of uh, hundred metres from the boat and we had the jet skis with the fireworks and, uh, yeah, just sat there on the boat. Watch Peking Duck. Watch, uh, watching everyone having a really, really cool time. That's got to make you happy. Yeah, that was great. And, and it re- really was. And everyone um, – and then I, I came back on the boat and as, as we – you know, all, all the owners were there just greeting people as they got off and just, just the smiles on people's faces yeah. and uh, the head of, you know, um, the GM from CFM was there and Sony and, you know, literally grabbing – Grammys and going, that was really amazing. Oh, really amazing. Great, isn't it? So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was fantastic. It gives you that feeling that actually all that stress was worth. Fantastic. So, how old's the boat now? How long have we been in the water? So, we launched in March. March. Uh, March 9th. Yeah. Yep, that was, that was the first event. And uh, where we've been uh, traveling between uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. trying to do a month on in Brisbane. And is one marker better than the other? 
look, a little little bit similar. Yeah, Bris, Brisbane um, a little bit stronger on on Friday nights. Okay. Um, and but yeah, fairly fairly similar. Okay. Yeah, fairly fairly similar. Much prettier down here, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, uh, absolutely. I'll tell you, it's actually quite nice when you go through the city. It'd be quite good to see it at night because it's all pretty lit up and quite nicely and under the Story Bridge and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's a, still not the Gold Coast. No. <laughs> during, during, during the day, the Goldie all day long. Yeah. The, you're right. The, the Brisbane River at night, it, it really is. Uh, it, it's very pretty. And uh, Story Bridge there. And, and uh, it's, it's, great, uh, it's great to cruise at night. So the brand Yacht Club, Y-O-T, who come up with it? Oh, look, I, I think it was just a bit of a, a group brainstorming session. Mm-hmm. We, wanted, um, we wanted something that was going to be, as a logo, pretty, pretty short. Yep. Uh, domain name, uh, pretty short. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd been working with Crystal Blue Yacht so, Charters, yeah, .com.au, which... <laughs> I said, whatever, whatever it's going to be, can we just keep it something really, really short? Yeah, and and we wanted, where well, we wanted to have it a little, a little bit irreverent and a bit and a bit fun, and yeah, really, really happy with the name. Um, oh man, it looks so good. How it's come up, and mm. and we're going to, um, you know, what the, the the goal is, where while we're a charter boat company, you know, we're, we're really. Um, what we're building is a, is is an event company, and we can see that um, we're 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 starting to build this fantastic database yep. of people that are coming out on a boat and having fun, and um, along with our our normal ticket events, um, we we've got this schedule of you know great what we call hero events during the year, mm-hmm. well, like, like concerts and things like that. Things like River Fire, yeah, you know, uh, coming up in Brisbane on the twenty seventh mm-hmm. uh, of, of September, uh, Cup Day, uh, GC six hundred, New Year's Eve, yeah, um, the, these days where uh, Stray Day, and um, uh, and then you know, what we'd like to be doing is is being able to offer offer the people that are that are coming along and and enjoying the boat and and enjoying experiencing the brand uh, other other options yeah, and, fair enough. yeah you know again it could could be you know rolling out to you know marquees at the polo um having a having a yacht club pop up at you know splendor mm-hmm. um uh, something it's endless really isn't it it, it is yeah, yeah it, it, it it is and as and long as the same qualities throughout and it continues that's uh it's beautiful that's the key um having having people enjoy that same level of experience at those uh, at those different different events, mm-hmm. Fe- feeling feeling like it's there, there's some consistency in the brand, and, yeah, definitely, and what we what we deliver along the way. Have you ever sat back and thought about the irony that when you're a kid, you used to hang out at the local yacht club, and now you're a big kid, <laughs> you hang out at your, your local yacht club. Yeah, a little bit. It, it it's um we we sort of um. When people come on board, yeah, for, you know, for the first time, and and whether it's people you know or even just uh, you know friends, there's the sheer size of it, um, and the way it presents. Um, I think because when you've been working with it for for two years, mm-hmm. you you lose um, a perspective of. 
of the wow factor. Definitely. And people come on board and they, you know, they just shake their head and go, man, this, <laughs> this is, you know, wow. Yeah. You know, look at, look at, look at this thing. And that's we're, we're now that we're, we're, we're sort of up and running and, and we're, we're, we're getting a bit of a routine. Bit of a well-oiled machine. Co- correct. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of, yeah, you know what, we, we've, We've created something pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty cool here. Pretty, pretty cool. And um, I think that um, from the starting the, the business with Crystal Blue Yacht Charters, it's it's always been. It's funny with Crystal Blue they 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 book the boat because mm-hmm. it it looks really sexy. Yep. It's it's got that super yacht look. It's there's a little bit of rock star. Um, but after the the private charter, when you uh, when we follow up with a call on the Mono Tuesday, you know how was it? Anything we could do better? They don't talk about the boat. They, they, they talk about the staff. The experience. They talk about the food. Yeah. You know, and you can have, uh, you can have a great super yacht with, with, you know, shit staff. Yep. And it'll be a shit experience. Mm, 100%. And I think that that's, um, we're, we're carrying that lesson over to the, you know, to the yacht club mm-hmm. where it, it doesn't matter. Um, how much wow factor there is as they see pulling up on the dock and they're walking down when they when they get on board, um, you know we're we're competing with any other venue yeah, where they sure. could be spending their money, and that's when the the customer service kicks in. Um, uh, how are the staff? Um, how long do they have to wait to get a drink? Um, how good's the food? Mm-hmm. Um, all those things where really, you know, we 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 can't. Um, the, the business model won't survive if people only go at once. Of course. That's got to be something you want to keep coming back to. So that's um, – we're, we're very, very focused on that on that customer service experience. And I have to admit that was – I've been on the boat once and uh, I think it wasn't far, like, after you opened actually. And it was one of the best experiences we've had on the Gold Coast. And my wife, who's very picky in some of the places she goes, absolutely loved it. And she just loved the fact that – like an issue happened, someone spilled a drink or something, there was someone there straight away to clean it up. Or there was someone saying, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Can I get you this? Can I do that? And even seeing yourself on there as the owner, smiling and happy the whole time and sort of um, sort of making the people do what they do and sort of managing it and doing that. So that was great. Just the experience was amazing. And we'll be back. We're actually booking our Christmas party. I was wondering what we are going to say then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Good, it was no, one good, of those Good things. feedback. Yeah, but, but that's great. But the big great. thing is it actually felt like – I don't know, it's a bit sort of, uh, it felt like family. Like it, it felt like you're going on there and actually, oh, wow, that wasn't what I was experiencing at all. I actually just really enjoyed the day on the boat and, and all that. And the food was amazing and the drinks were good. It was like, it was one of those things that you would actually come back to again and again, um, which obviously is what your target is. You're allowed so, back. Well done. You're allowed back. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'd like to, the way I always wrap these up is some quick fire questions. Who's the person who had the most influence on your life? I, I would, uh, I'd, I'd say without doubt, my father. Yeah, yeah. Just, just in terms of um, uh, men, mentoring, um, but also um, in terms of uh, dad was was very, very good at um, at doing deals. Okay, and and. Um, looking for an angle and putting things together and look, looking outside the box. And uh, I, I think that 
in in my business career, um, it's given me uh, just a bit of a different way of looking at things to try and get things done. Definitely. Okay. Favorite food? Uh, well, at, at the moment, it would ha- have to be without doubt uh, the Amiro's uh, brothers' uh, grilled snapper grilled in snapper. lemon butter. Oh, off the chart. Favorite yeah. song? Oh, gosh, favorite song. I'm going through a bit of a um, under, under Queen under pressure stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. A song every now and then. Yeah, just a good one to pump up in the car. <laughs> Favourite place in the world? Favourite place in the world? Well, at the moment, obviously, I'm, I'm going to say the Gold Coast. Um, Fair call. Yeah. But um, uh, look, second, second to that, uh, yeah, look, you know, probably uh, Mornish Peninsula. Back home. Back home. What's yeah. next for David? Rolling out uh, Yacht Club brand. So the events side of things? The, the events side of things, yeah. We, awesome. we've, we've got um, Crystal Blue. Uh, he's coming out of the water in October mm-hmm. for a little, little bit of a birthday, a bit of a facelift, and we're, we're – going to be doing some really uh, cool things with that boat mm-hmm. and yeah, really just focus on on building um, the the yacht club um, business particularly over the next 12 months yep and yeah just just um, just making making it a winner on on, on all fronts that's, well, mate, that's a focus I love when I speak to other entrepreneurs I love the fact that you've you've sort of come from nothing and you're doing pretty good and you've got a great product in yacht club Keep it up. And as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, good evening, Brett. Cheers, mate. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.